Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The devoted daughter of a soldier, 13-year-old Sadie, is disappointed to learn her father is once again redeploying rather than returning home. When she sees that her mom is developing feelings for a new man, Sadie challenges her disappointments into a fierce new mission, preserve her father's place on the home front, whatever it takes. She has her enemy in her sights, and there's, and there's one thing she's learned from the world around her is that the enemy deserves no mercy. And that is the backstory. That is the, essentially the plot line of this wonderful independent film that's uh, coming out uh, today, October 12th, here in Los Angeles. We're joined today by the director and writer of the new film, Sadie, and that would be Megan Griffiths. Megan, welcome to Film School. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. This is a really wonderful, uh, thoughtful film. I refer, I've, it's, it's heartfelt. It's it's gritty. It feels like these are people who are living on the margins, and this is how they would behave. This is how they would talk. This is how they would interact with one another. There is that sense of authenticity to the film. Tell me a little That's bit about. Uh, tell me a little bit about how, as a writer, uh, where did the material for Sadie come from? So I was thinking just watching a lot of news and sort of ingesting a lot of media in, in, I started writing this in 2009, so this is a while back, but I started thinking about the fact that, that at that point we'd been at war for so long and, um, and now it's been even longer, yeah. <laughs> no, no halting since then. Um, and that there were kids who are coming of age in a, in a world that had only ever been at war. And it, it just struck me as something that was impacting, that might be impacting their own problem-solving skills, and they're seeing us as a nation uh, attack our problems in this way, and what is that doing to their own, um, how they go about addressing their own issues and where they draw the line between right and wrong and what we're teaching them, basically, as a society. So I, I, I wanted to make a, a war film about a um, where the soldier was a young girl and her battle front was uh, this trailer park. Right. You're absolutely right. I don't think we give much thought to the idea that people were born after the war in Afghanistan started and are now entering into military service. So you're you're absolutely right. We only they only know war that we're at war. And the sad fact is most of these people have very little idea of why or anything else about it other than we are we still have our armies in these faraway places. They don't, I don't right. know if they understand the context of it or, un, or care mm -hmm. in some ways. Right. And it just, it, it's, I think it's just interesting um, to think about it sort of in a very zoomed out way where as we're just um, confronting our problems as a nation and sometimes other people, other countries problems um, by force and with guns and, and that's, there, there's lessons being taught by the way we sort of conduct ourselves just on that scale as like a nation. And then it kind of goes down from there to much, you know, much smaller things. But um, 
but I thought that was an interesting jumping off point. And then, you know, getting into all the other violence that we're ingesting culturally all the time. Exactly. And just to make one last point about all this, we have become a, a warrior nation. That's what, and it's the one institution, the one remaining institution in this country that most Americans thinks think is still functioning and above sort of po- the political malaise that we find ourselves in. It's the one institution that most Americans have some faith in, which is, I'm glad on one level, but it's also it's also about <laughs> exactly what you said. What is the function of this particular institution in our society? It is to defend the United States, but it's also an instrument of violence. So, right, and if we're condoning it on one out of one side of our mouths, and then watching, um, you know, flyovers the youth and people in our yeah. in our country like you, use the same tech tactics to solve their problems, and we're condemning that. Like yeah. that's a very confusing message for it, kids. It is. Well, let's get into the story of, of Sadie and her and her life and her her relationship to her mom Ray and her and her father. The sort of distance, long distance uh, relationship that we mm-hmm. see in the film. In more in voiceovers and in letters and and that's about it. That's the relationship that she has with her father, who has probably been in the military for most of her life. What what's the person? Do we have kind of a ball? Uh, he's been away from home for uh, three to four years. Is sort of what oh, okay. it's intuited in the film. And uh, and yeah, she's she's really attached to him, uh, and she really. She considers herself her, you know, a little soldier. So she, she's for his, you know, she believes in what he's doing, but she just misses him and she wants him to be home. So she's got that conflict going on inside, and um, and her mom uh, is not getting the same level of, you know, letters being written to her. Uh, so the parents have sort of drifted apart, but the, Sadie and her dad still have a pretty strong, uh, at least, uh, correspondence going on. Right, and and that's that's an interesting dynamic in the, in that relation in the story and the relationship between daughter and 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 dad and daughter and mom, because she has a uh, a glossy, glamorized version of what her dad is doing, and then she has this day to day grind with her mom because again they're living in a trailer park they're not financially doing well she's dependent she's been dependent upon. A very meager income to make it work, and so, so this romanticized version coming from from Sadie to her father, and then the relationship she has with her mother, which is much more challenging. So that there is this sort of disproportionate kind of perspective that she has, in addition yeah. to everything else. I think a lot of a lot of mothers who are you know the the primary caregiver in a in a separated marriage like that would would probably relate because I think they. They bear the brunt of uh, of any teen angst and and adolescent angst that is coming their way, and the the parent who's not you know on the front lines with the kid all, every day is is kind of escapes that. Right, and her relationships with everyone else is she she's she's friends with um, Francis, who's uh, also lives in the trailer park in a right across right next door, basically. And mm-hmm. and an older man, a retired man by the name of Deke, uh, and so her relationships. Are, I mean, these. I mean, she seems to really care about Francis, and in, in the film, we see just how much she cares about Francis at one point in the film, in mm-hmm. terms of what she's willing to do. 
Um, but but it, it is, and let's get back to sort of the theme of the film, which is about this sort of bombardment that Sadie is sort of in, in marinating in of a, a, a society that values violence for problem solving. Right. Yeah, she's, I mean, she she's very excited about, you know, violent films and, and violent video games and and I, I wanted to include that because I, I don't think it can be ignored in the conversation around youth and violence, but I also wanted to make sure it was contextualized within the greater story about um, what our culture, you know, how, how all the different ways that our culture sort of perpetuates this idea. And um, and I, I, I'm not a person who believes that video games and films should not have any violence in them. I just don't, I, we want to reflect the society we live in. But the thing that bothers me about the, the media that kids are adjusting so much is that there's a lot of consequence-free violence where there's people who are taking out, you know, weapons and mowing down rooms of people and it's not impacting them at all on a psychological level. And I just can't, I don't think that is real. I don't think there's soldiers in the world who aren't impacted by people that they kill. I don't think even there's mass shooters in the world who, who haven't been impacted by the lives they've taken. And I just think that's that aftermath of violence is something that we don't deal with in our mainstream media culture that much. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like that's, that's something I wanted to make sure it was, was included in yeah. the film and that, and Sadie herself sees a, a huge lack of consequences all the way through the film that leads her to escalate her behavior to a point where it's completely out of her control. Right. Yeah. It, it's yeah, and and so much of the story, so much of what makes Sadie work, is the cast that you have put together, uh, and um, in terms of the the uh, character of Sadie, she's played by Sophia Mitri Schloss, and she is able to embody. Uh, for most of the film, she is sort of formless, shapeless in terms of her of her femininity there's only mm-hmm. one part of the film in which we see some manifestation of it and that is in in furtherance of psychological violence if you will <laughs> uh mm-hmm. right i mean but i yeah. just I, I, but she does a terrific job sophia does a wonderful job of, of being able to kind of just below the surface there's it's not like there's a lot of histrionics in her performance it's very much internal Absolutely. And Sophia is such a gifted young actress. She was barely 14 when we started shooting. She had just turned 14. And I think the performance is so mature and there's so much internal work going on and things that just live right below the surface and you can see it in her eyes and very small, subtle facial expressions. And uh, and it's not anything like who she is as a person, this character. Like she is just this kind of lighthearted uh, I mean, she's a very studious, um, intelligent girl, but she's also a teenage girl who's, you know, she's fun to be around. She's not as dour as Sadie. So it's really, it was really impressive to see her walk on set and kind of fall into the role so, so, so seemingly easily. Like she really seemed to just be able to snap into it. Right. And she has moments with her, her friendship with, with, uh, Deke and with Francis and her, she's well meaning. In, at times in the film, but I, I think she is generally. I think she. I think there's. You know, like any person who makes bad choices, uh, 
they wouldn't necessarily think it's a bad choice in the moment or they wouldn't make it. You know, she feels like everything she does is very justified. Yeah. But there's a, there's a certain vulnerability that she, well, and it's, I don't know if I can even say that she's, I don't know that she's very vulnerable in the film. I think she has moments when no one's looking right? (laughs) where there's a vulnerability that, that sneaks in. I don't think she would ever want to show that to anyone, including her mother. Um, but, uh, she, I think it's there, um, which I, I, you know, I, it's interesting because she is a character, I think that makes a lot of choices that audiences are going to, uh, disagree with, but oh, yeah. seemingly so far in our in you know taking it out into the world, the majority of audiences are still really ho- really hopeful for her and want you know are let, they leave the film still wanting good things for her even though she's made all these bad choices, which I think is a testament to Sophia's performance. It is, and you're and you're right. And actually, I take that back. In in the closing moments of the film, there is what I was just talking about. There's a mm-hmm. sort of a, a sort of a dawning recognition on her part that uh, right. some of the things that she's the choices you as you said the choices she's made. Now, um, in addition to her terrific performance, there's a number of other really solid, wonderful performances in Sadie. And I want to remind our listeners first that <clears throat> excuse me, we're speaking with the writer and the director of the film Sadie, and that would be. Megan Griffiths, and she uh, and those people would be amongst them. Uh, Melanie Linsky, who is one of my favorite actresses, I'm so glad to see her Me in this. She plays her plays mom, uh, Ray. Uh, Tony Hale uh, gets a, a rare opportunity to really stretch out as a dramatic performer in this film, in the character of Bradley, who is sort of a a suitor of Ray of mom. Um, who uh, and then others in here are terrific. Uh, Danielle Brooks, who plays Carla, the Kind of the best friend from uh, that in the trailer park, Keith Williams. We mentioned as as Francis, and then uh, T. Denard as uh, Deke is also terrific. And we've left out, of course, John Gallagher Jr., who plays the 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 stranger Cyrus, who moves into the trailer park and becomes the disruptor. <laughs> the disruptor. The disruptor. And and I'll just mention John uh, first. But I what I enjoyed about his performance was uh, he plays that. Very character is a very lived-in character in the sense that you feel like, oh, definitely he's a guy who has been there before in terms of the way he plays him, his attitude, sort of his the continence of the man. But also he gives us uh, a couple of different takes on the character. One is he could be trouble in a real sense, but he also is also very vulnerable and very mm-hmm. – he seems like a, a really genuinely good guy. And it, and he sort of subtly va- vacillates be in the performance between those two different takes, and we find out why he's so ornery at times because of something that's out of his control. But a really a nuanced performance on his part. You want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, I really I think he's such a phenomenal actor, and I loved him in lots of other movies, and specifically Short Term Twelve, which was when uh, I really kind of got to know his. Uh, performance style, and um, I thought he was so great in that movie too. Yeah. And yeah. so he uh, he's someone who plays a lot of you know sort of affable nice guys, and that's his sort of bread and butter. <laughs> he was on the newsroom playing that kind of character for many years, and right. Right. Um, and I really liked that about him for Cyrus because I I think it's interesting when someone I mean Sadie sees Cyrus as the enemy, and so the um, the idea that you know, her enemy would also have 
charm and likability, even though he's also making choices that are, you know, hard to go along with as an audience and that you want to sort of steer him away from. But um, I like that his charm kind of counterbalanced uh, the, the sort of negative aspects of his character. I think it made him really complex, and I loved how John played it and the humanity that he gave um, the addiction element of the story, which is, you know, the character's addicted to painkillers. So that is something that is a plague in our country right now, and I think that he really found a real heart to that storyline um, that I was really happy with. And because and I... You know, I didn't want to paint that as a simplistic issue. Yeah, no, and he plays it beautifully. Well, let's talk mm-hmm. about uh, Melanie Linsky as well, because she's wonderful in the film. She really is. She really is. I mean, I think she's wonderful in everything she's ever done. Um, <laughs> she's such a brilliant actor. And um, and she just is one of the, I, I I think she has a real commitment to doing uh work in interesting independent films, something sometimes really small films that she just responds to. And uh, I think her character is, you know, she's walking through this movie and she's a mother and she's dealing with the child and and doesn't quite know how to manage this sort of very (laughs) intelligent, canny kid that she's got on her hands. But she's also dealing with the mourning an old relationship that, yeah. seems to have just been fizzled out. There's no clean break. There's no closure. So that's sort of, she's at the tail end of that. And then she's also getting very excited by this new relationship and, and that balance of what she's able to do where she's uh, simultaneously sad that something's ending and excited that something's beginning. Um, yeah. I think she's she really does something beautiful with that. She is. And she has all of those qualities. She She's always likable she's always such a a warm person i always the performances that uh, she's that i've seen her in uh almost always have this real genuine warmth to them and i really feel like she's like that in real life i i you know you say that about actors you don't really know but (laughs) yeah she really does seem like she'd be the kind of person that you would just love to talk to and spend time with she's delightful i i have to say this whole cast top to bottom is just really truly wonderful human beings like she's just every single person i would spend a whole day with happily you know they're yeah. just really good people well that's great to hear well the um the reaction that the film premiered at south by southwest which is always a, a great honor to be able to play in one of the most prestigious uh film festivals in the in the country uh Absolutely. and, and uh, continues to do well been well received uh Tell me a little bit about your journey as a filmmaker. I mean, how is this? Does this what you were hoping for? I'm mean, the reaction, but the film itself. It turned out. I assume you're very happy with the with the end product. But tell us a little. Of bit. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I spent nine years bringing this film into being um, with my producer Lacey Levitt, and then um, later my other producer Jonathan West uh, and our executive producer Eliza Sheldon. There's been a sort of a team of us that's been growing, but it's been a huge labor of love for me for many, many years. I wrote this in 2009. I made four features while I was trying to get Sadie made. There's all these old interviews with me after every movie I've made has come out in the last seven, eight years, I've said Sadie would be the next film. And it's just taken longer. It's had a longer path than that. But at the end of the day, I feel like um, 
where we're at as a society right now. Sadie has sort of ripened into this very relevant story that I think is has a lot uh, to add to the cultural conversation that's happening, you know, right now in 2018. And um, so I'm I'm really happy it's come into existence uh, finally now, and I'm really proud of it. It's the movie I've been trying to make for this whole time, and I we're trying to get it out into the world, you know, as best we can with a lot of you know, specificity and context. And we're, we're doing, we're working with Amazon for our streaming release, but we're doing our own independent theatrical and, uh, and iTunes release. So we're, we, we've been in the trenches for about four months building up to this, uh, premiere that we're about to have in, in, on October 12th. And, um, and it's been a lot of work, but it's also been incredibly empowering and gratifying to be able to build it on our own. I completely agree. I think that the time is right for for Sadie uh, on a lot of levels, and uh, it's time we have this conversation in more depth about a society that is so uh, – where violence is so pervasive. And as you said earlier, you know, we assume that this is just something that happens to men. And and I and again I I couldn't agree more that this is something we need to have honest open conversations about the impact that we're that we're having on mm-hmm. on on our on ourselves as well as around the world even I mean we that's our brand uh, you know <laughs> you want to know America's it brand is. that's just our unfortunately it's not Disneyland so much anymore as it is uh, we bring you know a lot of violence into the world and uh it's uh and then there are consequences i um let's let's tell people about the opening of the film you mentioned it here in opening in los angeles you're it's opening at the arena cine lounge on october 12th there is mm-hmm. a, a q a and the the first day on the that friday there'll be uh lacy uh levitt will be yep. the, the producer will be there for the q a Right. Yeah. So we're yeah we're building out events for our whole first weekend. Um, I think uh, we uh, I think we'll be doing a creative distribution panel on the first night for any filmmakers who are interested in learning more about taking matters in your own hands the way we have. Uh, that's going to be led by Lacey. I'll be in New York that night, so um, uh, I'll be opening the movie out there, and then I'm flying to LA on Saturday, the 13th, and I'll be doing Q and A's the rest of the weekend. So. Um, we'll have everything, all the events that are specific, you know, for each time, uh, showtime it's playing, we will have on our website what's happening alongside that screening. And our website is sadiefilm.com. Sadiefilm.com. Well, I want to thank you so much. You have been very generous with your time today, uh, Megan. I really appreciate it. And uh, congratulations on Sadie. Congratulations to the cast, which, as I said, it's just a wonderful cast. And a, a terrific story. Thank you very, very much Thank you. for being a part of film school. I'm, I'm thrilled. <laughs> and and uh, uh, come back. I, I hope when uh, when uh, you know your next project, please find time. Come back. I'd love to talk to you more. It's a. It's been an honor to have you on. Thank you. It's been a delight. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Again, the film is Sadie. We've been speaking with a director and writer, and that would be Megan Griffiths. Thank you. Uh,
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.